Welcome everyone to Conversations with Anne Elizabeth. That's me, the podcast inspired by my book, I'm a Registered Dietitian, Now What?, where I have the absolute joy to sit back, relax, and have a conversation about nutrition with a variety of people who share their personal story of passion and purpose, especially registered dietitians. Today, my conversation is with the Director of Sports Nutrition at the University of Iowa and registered dietitian, Nicole White. Our profession is growing very fast, and so are all the job opportunities for registered dietitians. When I was talking to Nicole in my podcast today, it reminded me of how sports dietetics is increasingly popular, and it's getting more and more popular among college and professional sports. And that's something that really didn't exist 10 years ago when I was starting out. In my book, I'm a registered dietitian, Now What? I share some resources for different job opportunities and specialty areas that I think are great places for us to be. You can order my book off of my website, annelizabethardy.com, or you can find it on Amazon and iTunes. Okay, everyone, have you had a Stroopwafel yet? Stroopwafels are so delicious, and Dalman's makes these soft, toasted wafers filled with caramel, cinnamon, and real bourbon vanilla that are pure happiness in your mouth. They are made with only natural ingredients baked right into the dough, and it brings me joy to give them to my guests. To learn more about Dalman's Stroopwafels, connect with them on Facebook at Dalman's Stroopwafels US and on Twitter at Dalman's US. My conversation today is with registered dietitian Nicole White. In the past year, the University of Iowa's Department of Intercollegiate Athletics hired a registered dietitian to be their director of sports nutrition. Sports nutrition is quickly becoming a popular job opportunity for registered dietitians and working with all types of college athletes. So I was really excited when I reached out to Nicole and she agreed to be part of this podcast. Nicole shared some great information about her blood, sweat, and tears that she put into finding the perfect sports nutrition job. And she shared some advice for others looking to get into the profession. You can hear Nicole's passion throughout our whole conversation for her job. And I know that she's very passionate about inspiring others to chase after their dreams. Please enjoy my conversation with Nicole. I'm excited to get to know you and kind of your background and tell me how you got interested in dietetics. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So it's been an interesting road. Um, So I went to the University of Tennessee, Knoxville for undergrad. And actually, I had always wanted to be a um, OBGYN. So when I was choosing my majors, I remember thinking, oh, I'll just do chemistry biology because that's what my parents did. And they were like, no, Nicole, you need to do something because like, what if, you know, med school doesn't work out? And I was like, well, of course it's going to work out. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) So I was like, hmm, I was a swimmer, like competitive swimmer all the way until college um, growing up and whatnot. Uh, And so I was like, I've always been fascinated about how food works in the body even down to like the molecular level, like what happens to what. So I was like, oh, this nutrition thing looks interesting. So I'll pick that. So then deciding like my junior year after organic did not work out too well. Why is organic? I, that was me too. (laughs) Organic is awful. We, well, we had to take organic one, you know, for Mm -hmm. that. And then I took organic two for pre-med, but we had a five hour lab one time a week for five hours, mm-hmm. 12 to five on Wednesdays. I'll never forget. And it was awful. <laughs> <laughs> so after that didn't work out, I was like, mm, I don't know if I have 110% to be uh, med school. So I, uh, we were having 
in our nutrition classes, they brought in a bunch of different speakers. So that's when I learned you, you can work for the government, you can work for a business, you know, it doesn't just have to be clinical, you can work for the school system, food service, all different types of things. And one of the talks that we had was, um, at the time, our sports dietitian, uh, Allison Maurer at University of Tennessee came in, talked after a class one day. Um, and I was like, this sounds awesome. I'm a little like high energy ADD. I don't like being chained to a desk. So I was like, you just get to like walk around all the day, like all, all the time and like interact with a bunch of like neat people. And I was like, this sounds great. And so, um, it was like coming till the end of the school year, my junior year. And so of course I emailed her and I was like, I would love to come in and like volunteer with you and get some experience. So long story short, it wasn't until the third email over like the entire summer and into August that she finally replied back and was like, hey, I need you, come on. So um, me and another girl who's also a sports dietitian now, uh, we're kind of like her first student interns. And I worked basically my entire senior year getting exposure with different teams, primarily football. Um, and then into summer, into football camp uh, after my senior year, uh, just doing sports nutrition and getting a glimpse of what she does. And uh, the funny thing is, is she said, Nicole, I wasn't sure about you the first like three months you were here. I just, I didn't know if this was going to be a good fit for you. But then she was like, after about three months, I could tell you really liked it and you really wanted to be here. Um, I know with any job, but I think especially with sports, uh, trying to work on work-life balance and the time demands, I feel like you really have to be like dedicated um, and like to work with a lot of different personalities and really be like gung-ho for it because it's not an eight to five job uh, to be able to work in it. So I just loved it and had a passion. So then finished up kind of with football camp. I went to um, Dominican University and did my uh, MBA with a concentration in marketing and then got my RD, a two-year program um, in Chicago. And it was great. Uh, One of the things that I did was that I've learned has been super valuable is uh, always keep in contact and reaching out to people and networking. So Allison connected me with a friend she knew who at the time was the um, consultant at Northwestern University. They didn't have anybody. Uh, So I contacted her and I was like, what can I do for you? Like, can I come do anything? And because of legal things, because she was a consultant, I just did stuff for her over Mm -hmm. email. Uh, But in my internship, since this obviously wasn't sports focused, my uh, dietetic director was like, go do, you know, if you want to do a sports nutrition rotation, you can totally go find one and create one. And that's great. So that's nice. Yeah, Yeah. it was great. She, I, I really appreciated that. So I went out and tried to find all these different sports (laughs) nutrition rotations um, and got a couple of things. I probably contacted or tried to every single sports dietitian in the Chicago area that I could like sit down and meet with and just quite a few. Yeah, there's, there's a good amount. Um, One, I think never got back to me, but there is Don Jackson Blattner's with the Chicago Cubs part-time. And I don't think uh, anybody else actually now there's one with, the Bears, uh, but she wasn't there at the time. And then there was a couple of private practice sports dietitians. Um, so a couple couple different ones that I would reach out to, and, and it was great to kind of hear their story and whatnot. Um, so kept doing stuff for Deb. I did a little work with the sports uh, dietitian for the Blackhawks um, at the time. So I did a little bit with that, and that was a neat kind of rotation. But just try to keep 
my hand in it as much yeah. as possible, keeping to do things, uh, keep doing things. And then I would say one of the huge things for us is uh, belonging to a group called CPSDA, Collegiate and Professional Sports Dietetics Association. So kind of like our mecca when we gather once a year for majority of professional, collegiate, high school, private practice, sports dietitians to all get together and network. And so I joined that rolling back, I guess, the end of my junior year when Allison had talked about it and she was like, hey, you should go to this conference because like you need to put yourself out there. They're not going to come to you. You need to go to them and talk to them about opportunities and whatnot. So I've been involved with that for I guess like eight, eight years ish or so. Um, and that has been like truly a big thing to make connections and whatnot through then. And then of course, being a part of SCAN too. I go to those conferences. I, I like those a lot. Uh, but just networking and doing things like that had been great. I got the chance to do uh, this like, it was sponsored by Gatorade, but this immersion program where you basically start up a pilot sports nutrition program at a high school and mm. they were piloting different cities. And uh, Chicago was one of them. And so I was at a all boys school kind of on the south side of private school. And so I think it was about 10 weeks or so. And I didn't spend get to spend a ton of time there. But it was just interesting going in and kind of getting to set up a little mock program, just being, you know, fresh out of finishing my internship and like working with that population. Uh, it was really neat and getting to give some team talks and uh, you know, kind of get to know some of them and whatnot. So that was like a really neat experience, uh, something I got to do. And then I worked a little bit with uh, some NFL combine players who were training for the NFL to go to the combine. And uh, I was in Indianapolis for about a month doing that. And that was some neat exposure into that kind of middle ground between college and professional. Sure. Was that a contract position then when you did that? I That was just a one-month uh I guess you call it like internship. Okay. I was an RD then. Um, but yeah, it was just like a one month deal. So I just went and lived there for a month. A month. And it was a great opportunity. Yes. Yeah. And uh, it was nice because it was so close to Chicago. Um, but after that, uh, I just kept staying in contact. Jobs are always interesting to try to get coming straight out. And I was like, I want a sports RD job. This is one of the things I wish I wouldn't have. I guess, uh, been so narrow about more open-minded. So I'm just going to wait for that job. So I did some odd jobs, but actually a really neat thing that I had the opportunity to, which at the time I was like, this is totally going to derail me from my sports nutrition <laughs> path. Like not going to help me at all was to work at Timberline Knowles, which is a residential eating disorder treatment facility for women, anywhere from like 12 to or 70 and 80 year olds there. Oh, wow. So not just for eating disorders, but also just for like abuse problems like drug and alcohol abuse or psychological disorders or mix. So I did that part time through one of my friends and just got a great eating disorder experience exposure, which, you know, in school we don't really learn. Mm -hmm. I feel like that in sports a ton of out of a book. So I did that for a while. I learned I had a friend at Northwestern who worked with football and I knew they were hiring the position and, you know, I applied for kicks and giggles for the whole time. <laughs> of course, I didn't get it. But um, I met Katie, who was hired there. So at our conference, I met her and I was like, hey, I will do like, what can I do to help you when you start if you need help? Like, I will come volunteer and do anything. And she was like, absolutely. Like, I'll let you know. So I think she started in June. Our conference was like at the end of May. 
And when I said that, I was thinking, you know, it's a brand new program she's starting. Probably won't hear from her for a while. Literally one month, almost to the day after she started, she called me and was like, hey, I could really like use your help if you want to come in. So through that experience was probably, besides the eating disorder, one of the biggest experience to be able to create the opportunity to have this current job now. Because with her, I got to help see what it was like building a Division One program. And there just aren't nowadays a ton of opportunities. I was kind of one of the last ones um, to really build a program at a school, at a Division One school. That's a Power Five school. So um, always she was such a great mentor, just like Allison, um, and just learned so much from her. So I did... 20 to 40 hours volunteering a week with her at Northwestern for six months. And then I would drive and do 20 to 30 hours at the eating disorder place. Um, and finally they created like an intern, a full-time intern position, like a year position. And so I applied for that and interviewed and I was chosen for that. So then I finally got to get paid and do it full time. <laughs> Which is nice. <laughs> it's always nice to get money, support living and everything. Absolutely. Um, and so I did that for a whole entire year. So again, continue got to work with her, got exposure to a bunch of different sports and just, you just get to learn so many different things um, and pick up different tidbits to learn along the way. So I continued to work with her, love that. Then I got the opportunity to go to University of Oklahoma, be an assistant there. Um, so I was there for a few months. Um, and then this, uh, job here at University of Iowa came and it was a great opportunity and so I applied um, and I wasn't thinking I was going to get it or anything because I'm a little young but it it was a good fit for both parties and um, accepted the position and then I just started in September so haven't been here too long uh, <laughs> but it's been like it's been a whirlwind but it's been really great kind of going along the path getting here it's definitely had its ups and downs, ups and downs though and honestly to be like completely real because I'm a real person Oklahoma wasn't a great fit for me uh I did not um my boss and I there I guess it just wasn't a good like working fit and so that was really tough for me being new in my career and kind of thinking um you know after getting started like what is this? Is this me? Or like, what's going on with this? Or will I look like a failure if I'm going to leave this position, which I did. I actually left the position after four months. Um, if I leave this short into my career, like people are going to think there's something wrong with me. So mm -hmm. I will say that kind of time in my life was, which was not too far um, ago, too far long ago, was quite difficult because I was like, I spent all this time doing all the sports nutrition stuff and I'm so passionate and I, I think I'm good at it. And I had just studied at that time and taken and passed my, CSS, my CSSD oh, exam. Yeah. So certified specialist in sports dietetics for those that don't know. And uh, I was like, you know, I, I thought this was it, but I just don't know like what's going to happen. And so um, it was just, it was a really good time. And I did, I got to apply to a lot of universities and uh, the good thing that came from that, that I will say I took, I probably wouldn't again have been ready for this if not being able to have not the best situation and be able to pull good from that. Cause you kind of learn, I mean, how not, I think we all know for the most part, like how not to treat people or how 
not to communicate, but until you kind of go through a tough situation, um, I came out, I mean, it was a, it was a tough situation, but then when I kind of foresight or hindsight, I guess, looking back, there was a lot that came out that I really learned from that experience. And then being able to have the time to, um, have a little bit of a downtime, which most people don't get in between jobs. Sure. <laughs> and I was like, I'm just so bored. This is so miserable. But at the same time, I was like, Nicole, enjoy this because once you get another job, because you will get another job, mm-hmm. it's just going to get crazy. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of my story and how I got to here. Were you worried at that time, like when you did make that decision to not be employed there mm-hmm. anymore? Were you worried as a sports dietitian that? there wasn't going to be a lot of job opportunities right away because it is such a, it's kind of a new and up and coming profession. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, that kind of crossed my mind a little bit to be completely honest. I am so much an open book. I was afraid that something would get out that wasn't true about me. And cause we are such a small tight knit mm-hmm. group and I know every dietitian within their smaller niche is um, that something would circulate that would make it hard nobody would want to hire me but thankfully with really good mentors and really good supports um that that didn't happen but jobs were kind of slower we kind of have some big booming times so like around I think I left like the beginning of June so there were some more jobs had been coming up then um and I had been applying like about a month before then Uh, and then in like January or whatnot so I was really trying to catch that wave Mm -hmm. um and I interviewed at a ton of different universities it was so neat to actually go and fly um and have all these neat like on-campus interviews and get to talk and meet so many different people um but it yeah so that was definitely a thought but luckily it kind of it worked out that way But now there are just so many, as I see, like our listserv every day, like so many more opportunities and like the growth, which has been amazing in sports dietetics to like keep growing. So that has been something um, that I've seen and been like, yes, for our field, because we (laughs) need to grow more. Yeah. Well, and it sounds like you were even kind of questioning your passion for sports dietetics at that time, too. You're like, well, if this is what it's going to be like, I don't know if I want to do this. So you did you did, you knew that that was still what you wanted to do. Yeah, definitely. I questioned it a ton. Um, I was like, should I go do medical device sales, <laughs> make more money? Should I just change completely and try to go to med school? I like, should I just, I would, I don't want to say give up, but just go and be a clinical dietitian mm-hmm. or like, what do I do? So, um, so yeah, no, there were a lot of those thoughts and I'm just, I'm happy that you go through a tough time. You think a lot of different things, Mm -hmm. but the best solution or what was meant to happen, like worked out in the end, which is what I was thankful for. But I was definitely, it was definitely like a A little derailed. Yeah, a little (laughs) difficult time. Well, and I think that's a good message for other dietitians. Even if you're new or if you've been a dietitian for a long time, you shouldn't stay in something that's not a good fit. No, absolutely. I agree 100%. And I'm, it's kind of nice to be in that situation too. Not really, but so early on when I was literally my first full, full-time job, because I think most people that would scare mm-hmm. them like too much and they'd want to stay in, which I tried, but you know, it gets to a point, everybody just has to make the decision for themselves. Like, is it worth, is it worth it or whatnot? So yeah, that is an excellent point and a great message. Like if it's not a good fit, you know, if it's, if it's the work environment, if it's your boss, if it's you, if it's the people you work with, if whatever it is, then you shouldn't have to be unhappy um, 
work should be what I believe, and I know not everybody gets this luxury, um, something fun that you go to. I agree. Unless it's like a job, which is why I like it so much here, because I just get to come and do different things every day and interact with so many different people. So it no longer became fun. (laughs) (laughs) And that's when you knew, okay, time to move on. (laughs) Exactly. That's when I knew. So I kind of want to go back just because I'm going back to what you said earlier. When you were um, done with your undergrad, you went and got your master's in business. So mm-hmm. talk to me about that. What kind of, you know, where where did that come from for you? So I had always been a little interested in business, but with nutrition, I mean, we had to take statistics and accounting. My thoughts were... My end goal actually was to be a director of a Big Ten, or not a Big Ten, well, Big Ten is awesome, but of a <laughs> Division One Power Five conference school. Never in my life I imagined that it would happen this early. But I thought, well, from what I've learned, it's kind of actually like running a little side business. You have a budget to manage. Everybody does it different. But here we have like a budget to manage for teams and fueling stations and meals and um, staff and all different types of things. So... I was like, if for whatever sports doesn't work out, I also kind of was interested in the business side because I love Chicago. And I was like, I could live down here and work for a different business or dairy council or something Mm -hmm. like that. Uh, So I thought it would be a great fit for that to kind of get more honed in on those accounting skills, all those things that I don't like learning about, like (laughs) econ. (laughs) So So not my deal. But it's good too. it was interesting too to kind of stretch what I was comfortable in from like sciences and really delving into some of that business stuff that was kind of like a whoa. Um, And then I also thought too, in the future, if I did ever want to go into private practice, if I got, you know, was was done with my chapter in life of collegiate or professional and wanted to do business. This is something obviously running a business is important to know. And with the marketing aspect, I also just love learning about how people think and why they do what they do. Cause I am personally an overanalyzer and overanalyze everything. So it was just interesting to have that, that whole aspect. And I got to take like an entrepreneurship class and whatnot, uh, and learn from that too. So I was hoping that it would be beneficial on more levels because that's kind of not a typical thing that a lot of dietitians get. Yeah. And I think a lot of dietitians, whether you're in sports or not, I think sometimes think, oh, I have to get a master's in my field to be relevant. And I've had that question so much, like, I guess, with sports nutrition. And that's honestly what I thought a little bit about going in. I was like, oh, no, I'm not getting a master's in sports nutrition. Is this going to be terrible? And honestly, I think... Like the the point of the message was like you can do any masters you want and you can still make it applicable. Like whether it is a clinical focus, whether it's exercise science, whether it's even um, psychology. psychology. I think it's re- yeah. I yeah. mean, it really. I think it's anything that you that you can dream because I like yes. you said. I think it's all applicable to everything that we do yes yes so I think it's good I think master's is great but yeah however you want to apply it and use it and it was again like a really neat experience to get outside and learn a little bit outside of my field and I think it has been really I'd say beneficial it's probably been very beneficial for you yeah had to brush up a little bit on some things <laughs> but it's been great and I made great connections there with professors and people And again, Chicago, the city, it was great to make a lot of connections Mm -hmm. there. I will say one thing that I really wished, and I 
I guess, tell everybody who wants to be a sports dietitian or if you don't even want to be a clinical dietitian, you want to be something else. I so poo-pooed all my clinical stuff that I was learning because I was like, I want to be a sports dietitian. Like, I don't have to chart or do any of that that. stuff or read labs. (laughs) False. (laughs) False. I chart all the time, and I read labs and interact with medical staff all the time. And so I wish, I really wish I would have paid attention more and had those clinical skills. And we, too, in the sports arena just really talk about and push um, how important it is to have such a clinical background, especially when you have all these stronger personalities, coaches, administration, all these different staff, you know, medical staff, doctors, researchers to kind of hold your own to sometimes. It's super important to make sure you understand that and you're not just talking just to, I like this or this looks great. So, yeah. <laughs> that science is still very important as a dietitian. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, that's a good yeah. message to to tell people because I think sometimes you're right they might forget that you do have to look at labs and you do have to converse with physicians and other professionals about science-based results so all the time absolutely <laughs> and, and charting yes and charting and all of that in in this field too it's you don't get to interact with dietitians aren't the people that you interact on the day-to-day it's like everybody else mm-hmm. so it's also important to make sure, which has been so wonderful here, um, being a little bit of a smaller town is getting to have so many connections with so many different dietitians from met private practice and clinical and retail and every kind of dietitian in between dairy council. And so it's been really neat to kind of have those people as resources too. And that I love that because I think as dietitians, we should tap into each other when we're not mm-hmm. the experts in everything that Use your resources. Ask someone else if you need some help with something. And Absolutely. we're always usually very willing to help. So Yes. <laughs> and I think one of the biggest things that can really um, set people up for not doing well is when you want to silo yourself and not reach out and ask. Because honestly, um, maybe coming into this more, I would have thought, oh, actually, I did think, oh, well, sports dietitians that, you know, my other connections different all over the place are going to be my best resources. And they are fabulous resources. And we have such a great family of sports dietitians in the Big Ten. Um, and then even outside all over the country and whatnot. But something that I have now realized more that have been like super beneficial is all these other connections I've made with dietitians outside of sports mm-hmm. that have been helpful because there are so many You get asked and requested the strangest of things and questions (laughs) all the time from people. Yeah. And so it's great. I was just sending off a couple emails the other day asking about a, uh, like when you have to label nutrition facts, like for something in the grocery store or whatnot, a restaurant owner was asking me about that. And I'm like, uh, I don't, I'm going to check back in with you about that. So I sent out a couple emails and I'm like, do y'all know anything about this? Cause I'm like, I know like a food nutrient analysis program, but not like how to create a label. Sure. So it's just different, different things like that, uh, that has been very helpful and just such great people and like learning people's different life stories, like mm-hmm. what you've been asking here. Mm-hmm. It's been great. Cause there's no one way to get to no. where you want to be. I Absolutely also learned not. that. <laughs> So many people Absolutely not. <laughs> feel like think you need to go this way. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's all over the place. It's been very interesting to learn all different kinds of people's pasts and whatnot. Absolutely. So talk to me about your job here. So you did a lot of volunteering, obviously, to kind of get to this point. So maybe let's talk about that. So do you feel like as a, as a sports dietitian, mm-hmm. do you feel like that's a very important part 
of sucking it up, not getting paid, and doing some volunteer? I think the big thing that's important in our field that we really like to see in sports is experience. The tough catch-22 with that is sometimes they're not a ton of experiences that are paid. So everybody has a different financial situation and situation in life. And so you have to be able to make those own decisions for yourself. But fortunately, there are a lot more opportunities that are getting paid because people thankfully are like recognizing the importance Mm -hmm. and at least will like throw a stipend or something in there. Also, instead of maybe a traditional, you do this for a year, um, Gatorade is a partner and they're creating all these great SNP internships and some of them some of them they're all stipends but they might last like six to eight months so you can go somewhere and you know be stipend and get that experience at a totally different place and then maybe you go do an intern position for a year at somewhere else and then you could do a GA or a fellow and so they're creating all these new roles which are great so I think kind of I was kind of leading out of that time but I think kind of before that a lot of people did do a lot more like volunteering and you're kind of going to have to do at it a lot with not pay that way but I think now thankfully that people are recognizing and putting more resources in there are more opportunities to get paid but I would say one of the biggest things is that was hard for me is people would be like we want experience but in order to even get that experience you would have to have experience sure yeah so I tell people, like, wherever you can find, if you can make connections here. Um, told you we have a couple, like, undergrad student interns here. Wherever you can start and have something on your resume and put some sports dietitian down or anything, we all pretty much know each other for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's very that's very helpful because kind of what I mentioned earlier with eating disorders, too, with sports, you don't learn. I really didn't learn actually any of sports from a book. I learned it all from hanging out in the field Mm -hmm. over years and years of doing stuff and gathering experiences. So it's pretty crucial to have that experience. But yet again, everybody comes from a different walk of life. So a lot of the founding sports dietitians of the field actually came from like a clinical setting, which was great because they had that strong clinical background. Um, So it depends, but experience is definitely, definitely super important to have and just know how you interact and how you're going to handle situations in this field. Sports is exciting. Oh, sure. I feel like a lot of people want to be around sports, and so you, that's another aspect, too. you got to figure out, are you going to be somebody that can handle it and, like, not... Well, you can be a fan, but, like, not be a fan. Yes. Um, not at be that super same fan. moment. <laughs> yes. Not be super fan. Um, so, you know. There's just multifacets of that go into that, but um, but yeah. Well, and probably if you are a student or if you're a dietitian, to join those groups that you mentioned before with SCAN and the was it the CP CPSDA yes. to kind of hear about those opportunities to yes. see where you can get some of those maybe internships or those stipends to get that experience. Absolutely, I would say SCAN is great. CPSDA is really great. Because, again, going to those conferences, we change them up. They're in different places. We try to pick a different section of the country to go to every year so it rotates. Um, I think it's a pretty good price for students, and Mm -hmm. it's way cheaper, too. But just going to that and putting yourself out there is the biggest thing and meeting people because there are a lot of people there. But you really have to, I think, with anything, like take the initiative to reach out and be like, and it's awkward. Hey, (laughs) I went through it. It's awkward walking up and being like, hi, Hi. I'm – think I'm interested. Will you tell me what you do? (laughs) 
Well, I'm a sports dietitian. And anyway, I mean, it is a little like nerve wracking, but it kind of like pushes you to kind of develop new communication skills and kind of get a little uncomfortable, which I think is part of the one of the biggest things about growing. But those groups are um, are crucial unless it's good to get connected to always have that network and kind of you get to meet and they bring so many different people in to talk and whatnot. Um, but yeah, those are kind of big, important, big yeah. important things I would say to get connected in with. So what were some of the fun things that you did when you did your volunteer stuff? Like what were some things that you got experience with that you never thought you would get experience with? So I guess if we were looking at Tennessee cause I was a student, so it was a little bit different. Uh, we did a lot of like running the fueling station. So like doing smoothies and stuff, which was interesting because then you kind of learn how to deal with people and you have a rush of, you know, 50 hungry football players coming up to you. <laughs> See, I would be lift. so intimidated by and that. I'd be like, oh my gosh. <laughs> they're like grabbing it and you have to like have them done. And then they're like, I want, you know, this peanut butter on my bake or whatever it was. Uh-huh. So it kind of helps build skills with that. But the other really neat thing that I really appreciated that Allison did was she gave us the opportunity to, um, she gave each a couple of the students, she had a couple of players that really needed some more individualized attention with uh, like meal plans with like either putting on weight or whatnot. So she had this neat program that she had and we basically got to like have a couple guys that we checked in with. Uh, that were given to us to help, you know, we would do, you could do different things, but a lot of times like, hey, send me a picture of like what you ate. And then Mm -hmm. you would just maybe provide some feedback on it. Like, that's a great plate. You know, maybe you try to add a little bit more carbs next time or get, you know, a fluid that has some calories in it, like hundred percent juice or milk instead of just water or different things like that. And I think that was looking back, that was a really big thing to like trust somebody with. Yeah. And Knowing me, I mean, I'm not a control freak, but I try. That's one of my things I I work on. I don't know if I would have trusted myself (laughs) looking back to do that. As a student, yeah. Yeah, because that's, I mean, she was doing the actual, like, of the meals and everything and gave us guidance, and we would work together. But I really got to sit down then and understand from that aspect, like, kind of what needs looked like. Um, And you did a lot of, like, hydration at practices and different things so you also got to watch and kind of learn a little bit how they run how strength does their stuff how athletic training does their stuff so from that aspect of being there it was a lot of uh kind of learn about inventory too I mean we had to take inventory but then she has to order all these products and all this different stuff and so there's just like a lot a lot going on absolutely um and they had a Tennessee I think it's changed a little bit now but they're training table or their athlete cafeteria was also shared by students and now I think they kind of have their own training table that was after I left but even going there like during camp or something and you sit you know and just chat and you know get to know the guys and this opportunity for them to like ask you questions about Mm -hmm. whatever and build that trust relationship so that was really neat from like a student side I got to do way more than that (laughs) but just like some neat things that I really appreciated getting the opportunity to like have that responsibility And then being at Northwestern, volunteering, since I was a dietitian, I eventually got to do consults when I was hired on just because of, like, you know, legal purposes. You can't, you have to do whatever they want you to do in terms of HIPAA and all that stuff. But um, I was given, another thing I really appreciated Katie for is also given a lot of responsibility. We started to have 
had the first created the first fueling station there and then we're going to have multiple fueling stations and we had a lot of them in people's kind of locker rooms at the time later when I was leaving we were finishing up like the main fueling station but we still had a couple of different locations that we had little fueling stations in so one of the big tasks I had was to like figure out the operations of all of that So she did a lot of the ordering. I would do some of it, but I had to like call vendors if we were thinking about products and ask for samples. And so actually I got to build a really, a lot of neat relationships with different vendors that I've carried even all the way to here that I use now uh, Mm. for our fueling station. So that's something neat that you don't think about getting to interact with different people and kind of get to learn about them and their products. So just figuring out all that running around. And then we eventually got some, Uh, like student volunteers and then you're training them um, and having that aspect of it and then more too we did a lot with like hydration we got this neat scale that Gatorade is piloting and only Northwestern the Bears got one Hmm. and so we did a lot with like weighing and it helped do a lot of hydration tracking and safety prevention and whatnot we did it with football like during camp when you'd have two days and you're losing a lot through sweat so it was a way to kind of check people see if you're able if you put back in the fluids that you needed to by from the last session until now and then if you didn't it kind of we had a system you know two percent less than two percent you're good and two to five was like yellow and then if you're like over five you're like red (laughs) so that was neat in the aspect of we were able to write down and give to athletic trainers, hey, these people were didn't get it back, keep an extra close eye on them. Hmm. So different things like that and getting to do education, like grocery store tours, getting to do some team talks, uh, getting to do um, cooking classes, different, different types of things. And then we got to go sit on, on like some meetings. And there I was really starting to learn, like interacting, helping plan I would do meals for like football when they were Mm. away games and home games so again I called all those different restaurants and would set things up and ask them hey we need an individual meal we don't really do individual meals well could you do this for us and it's funny how a lot of times people are like oh yeah sure I'll do that (laughs) it's amazing how that works (laughs) yeah it's amazing when you tie a university name to it how that works but um so that was like a neat experience and then you got to work with and all of that too like coaches preferences and like what types of food that this particular group of players like and then what's going to keep and um it was it was very interesting and it was really neat and getting to do a lot of game day nutrition with football too like halftime pre post just being around that was like a great experience to kind of see kind of all the impact nutrition wise that I was like oh I didn't really know we could do all this kind of stuff during an actual event Yeah. yeah um and really learned and really learned about that and then getting just to learn about some other teams like fencing. There's fencing at Northwestern. We don't even have fencing here. So learning about their sport a little bit and, you know, how they need to fuel. And I still don't I don't remember everything. And there's a saber <laughs> is one of the types of swords that they use. But there's multiple kinds. But anyway, it's just it was just interesting getting to learn about all different types of uh, of teams and mm-hmm. sports and, athletes and cultures. And, yeah. yeah. And people's background. And Northwestern's cool being in Chicago. It is kind of like a melting pot. So you really get people from all over. Mm-hmm. And that was that was just that was fascinating. So there was a ton of stuff that she gave responsibility that I got to do more and more as I 
was able to be full-time and do more stuff but even volunteering it was great forever thankful for that experience that's great so volunteer that's a good place to start if you're interested in in sports so did you feel like all your volunteer experiences really kind of kind of made you as best prepared for your role now or is say that it still helped. a learning process <laughs> I would say it helped a lot definitely wouldn't be qualified without those volunteer experiences mm-hmm. um so like if I had been a volunteer but I didn't get to help build a program probably wouldn't have been as qualified to do this to build a program um but there are still things I learn every day being here that I wasn't prepared to because for the first time this is my first time being in a director role I've been around one but now you are the one going to all the meetings <laughs> and interact and dealing with some unpleasantness that might come but also getting all the great stuff you know that comes with it and there are just so many facets so they're definitely I mean I love what I do but with anybody there there are definitely challenges that happen and it's not it's not always a walk in the park but at the end of the day, it's something I really like and I keep wanting to get up every day and come back to. When I was first here, I had to be pull myself away a little bit because I wanted to be here a little too much. <laughs> You're so in the much. office a lot because there's so much to do. Yes, yes. And so I've been so thankful for the undergraduate students I've had now to really help with a lot of that. That has been wonderful to have them and do that. But yeah, there's still, there's still challenges with every job, but it's been wonderful. So let's talk about your job currently. Yeah. Uh, what are all some of the fun things that you get to do? So many. <laughs> Don't know where to begin. So you basically are starting. You started the program here at the University of Iowa with what's kind of the yes. official title of the program? Yes. So, well, the official title, which is called the Iowa uh, Sports Nutrition Program. Um, but a little background actually is... One of the strength coaches here who is still here, who is also a dietitian, he was actually hired, I think about, well, four years ago, I guess now, to be like the part-time sports dietitian and strength coach at one time. But it took three years for them to kind of figure out, like, that's really not possible. And I don't even know how Landon did it. He's great. He's still here. He's amazing for so long. Um, so, and he's very much interested in like the, uh, science research side of things too. So that's kind of a role he wanted to go toward. So when I got here, I guess there wasn't, there wasn't a program, but there were some little, he had laid like a good foundation. So at least I wasn't coming in cold to where, what's a sports dietitian? What do you do? <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I still get asked or still get told all the time. So you just sit in your office all day and write meal plans, right? Of and course. Like, yeah. No, <laughs> not even close. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he laid a really great foundation. And so then when I got here, it was nice to have him for background and people were supportive, but he was very much like, here you go. Have fun. Yours. <laughs> yeah. And so people were more, what I was being told him, One of my personal things that I struggle with is saying no. I'm very much a people pleaser. So I'm trying to work on that a little bit. But um, I was just being told or prepped like, everybody's going to want everything from you. And so you're going to have to figure out how to say no because you can't burn out. We can't have you burn out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We only have one of you. Uh, And so I guess I do. I have all 24 of our teams. Um, So... It's a lot. So I was trying to prepare myself for it. And so there were a lot of people you get here and they're like, they're basically describing it as like starved. They were like ready for one. So I got a lot of great action right off the bat and, you know, took my time and went around and like met a lot of people. 
but it was nice having that foundation to kind of like walk mm-hmm. into a little bit uh, when I got here. So it's been it's been good. So you have great the coaches that went to work with you and the athletes went to work with you and you're not they're not like saying go away I don't want you to help me so now you have all of them yes. saying they want you yeah well I mean there are some people that of that course are there their are ways. some people yeah. that are set in their ways or um one of the things that I was actually kind of reminded of this week that I have to think about a lot is sometimes with any dietitian when you're counseling somebody and you have it um and you're talking with them if they're not ready then it doesn't matter like whatever you talk about I think you can maybe prime them more toward pre-contemplative or whatever but if they're not ready then you just really can't make much progress because they're not going to be motivated to do it the tough thing in this situation is it's not me that's getting that it's the coach that's having Mm -hmm. everybody breathe down their neck because there's this problem that could be fixed by nutrition there's always multiple facets it's not only nutrition but nutrition that would help the athlete doesn't want to do it or they're not motivated that's nothing that anybody can force so then there's that you know there's kind of that pressure so sometimes it gets to where I felt like well we like really need to do this and I really want you you know to change but you know you just come to find out time and time and again that if they don't want to do it that's something then that you have to be able to go and explain to the coaches or just when you generally educate coaches and whatnot like if they don't you can tell them to come see the dietitian and a lot of them will do it because you're the coach and they want to do what you say and they want to please you but if they're not ready then nothing's going to really change Mm -hmm. so I encourage coaches to really think about I understand and I want to support you and I they have so much pressure put on them obviously it's like their jobs and but you know, if they're not really encourage them to think about and kind of figure out if they're ready. Um, but have a lot, the athletic training staff and whatnot has really been great to referring like a lot of people, um, for like different medical things or healing or whatnot, uh, which has been great in the docs. So they're like multiple facets. And then there's a lot of athletes, which have been awesome, which are like self-referring that <laughs> they want to see you. Yeah. That text email, uh, that come in and we, we chat. So yeah, it's very varied. How many athletes total do you think that you have the possibility of having contact with? So total athletes that we have between all 24 teams is about 650. Okay. So actually, I just ran some numbers because my boss asked me to look back what I've done from the year before. And so I guess in about 10 months, I've seen one-sixth of our population. So I've seen a little over 100 people. That's a lot. Um, which is a lot. I it was is. like, wait, am I counting these numbers right? This is a <laughs> lot of people. Uh, so consults during the year, it's kind of slowed down now, which is nice to like have a little break. Because during the year, if I had, I think the most I ever had was almost like 15 or something in a week, which is oh, like that's a lot. way too much. Yeah. And then I would get to weekends where I'd have notes, 25 notes backed up. And that oh, was between geez. like assessments and follow-ups and assessments are always longer. So I'm not missing that, mm-hmm. <laughs> going home and spending my notes, my weekends, like, charting. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it. I'm thankful that it slowed down, but it is definitely, it was a lot more than I ever thought, you thought it would do be. Do you, when you do, like, chart notes and assessments, does that get um, given to the coaches so they kind of know what's going on, or is it just private between you and the athlete? It's a great question. So one of the biggest things here is, well, HIPAA, but also respecting the student athletes, like with any person's, their opinion of what they want, information they want shared or not. So 
I'm trying to get onto our charting system here with the hospital. So right now I do my notes and I put them on like a safe network or whatnot, but we have kind of created a form that I give every student athlete that comes in that sees me as like a nutrition release of information form. And we put out all the parties and I give them the full choice of no pressure, just want to let you know, to give you the choice of letting me know if you want any of these parties to have information that we talk about or not. And I always tell them with this true, I never volunteer information to coaches or anything. Sure. Tell them the only people I would probably go to without letting you know is for a medical emergency reason to like the doc or athletic trainer. So it really gives athletes that assurance because there are some that like don't even want their coach to know that I'm coming to see them. And that's, they leave them blank. The coach asks me, I'm like, I can't confirm or deny that I'm seeing your athlete. Mm -hmm. So, and then two, I haven't had this a lot, but parents can call. So you have to like put that down on there. Um, you know, everything else. Um, and then our strength staff, our Olympic strength staff here that I work with is like wonderful and so, so supportive. And they're very invested and they're very, in the lives of the athletes and in nutrition and they have been so wonderful at being like extensions coming to me and being like what can we do what do you want us to say to them nutrition wise so we are saying the exact same message so we can support you that's awesome never had that or seen that or really heard <laughs> of that to this level that like we have bi-weekly meetings where we sit and I get to talk with them and kind of have somebody to like bounce ideas back because they're very super intelligent um, and they, you know, have been kind of doing some of the nutrition things for several years. So it has just been wonderful to like have them as a support group. So not like what some people might think is a stereotypic, uh, strength and conditioning coach, the Olympic strength and conditioning staff here is just so supportive and that's wonderful. Awesome. Um, so that's great. That's great too, to be able to have them. And then if the athlete releases that, it's nice to talk to them sometimes and, maybe learn more. Obviously everybody has a role, but like what they're doing performance wise. And I like to know what they're doing for rehab and what other things, cause it all plays like a big part. Um, but yeah, it just, it just depends on what the athlete wants released. And so you're working, you're doing consultations, you're working with all the teams, you're also doing fueling station ordering. I mean, you do a lot of not just dietitian things. You're doing a lot of management things too. Yes. Yes. So um, some of the things, yes, like we fueling stations, we started out with two when I got here and now we have seven. Wow. So even that's a busy part of your job too. <laughs> so we've been expanding out. And then, um, of course we've, I'm in contact with different vendors cause we're trying to get different foods in. Um, we've been going through a big bidding process that has taken a lot of time. We're still kind of finalizing that up, uh, to kind of find, we, have had a partnership with hy V in the past that has supplied a lot of our food. So we had to put the bid out and everybody has to give in. And so we're still finalizing that. It hasn't been made. And then if any of the other niche, I call them like vendors, if we want to get from them, because usually get them at like a little bit cheaper price mm -hmm. if you get it directly through them. So that has been very interesting learning that process. I was told it made me feel good. This was probably the most difficult bid this particular like bid lawyer or whatever I call him <laughs> has done before. So he was like, I think you've seen the hardest it will ever be. And I'm like, awesome. I'm going to have to do this again in five years. Oh gosh. I was going to ask when the next time it'll be. So every five years is when you open it up for bids. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, um, I mean, there's a lot of great flexibility in between that, but Anyway, a lot going in uh, with that. And then also, we don't have an official training table here. 
So training table here is like catered in meals. So another cool thing is I've been actually getting to meet and get to know a lot of the restaurant owners around here. So a lot of them are very invested. And so we'll meet and we'll talk about how to make the meals that the basketballs and the volleyballs get catered in to like better be performance foods. And I've met with and had meetings with several restaurant owners, and it's been really cool in a city that's smaller. Like, that's not something you get to typically do in a big city. Sure. And people are just so invested. So there's that um, performance menus for, like, traveling when they go and travel mm-hmm. for meal choices, too. Uh, and then training table ones. And then the student interns that we have, we're doing a bunch of fun education classes. Um, I'm kind of – I'm all about – what can we do? Making education unconventional is what I've kind of found like really works here. So things that you typically wouldn't think of um, to do different. And it's great to like bounce ideas or you see, get to see what a lot of other programs do. Um, social media is like a big thing we have. You can follow at Hawkeye Fuel for those listening out there, <laughs> Twitter and Instagram, um, which is a great way to get out information and engage student athletes. But we're doing things like cooking class. So an idea I borrowed from Katie at Northwestern is we don't have like a kitchen to use. So go and buy a bunch of kitchen appliances like toaster oven, microwave, ninja. We put them into different groups um, with a recipe for each, and then we have them come, and they all make their own recipe in their group, and then everybody gets to try it. Oh, that's fun. And it's, like, stuff that they would have in their dorm rooms or in their apartments or... We try to make it really simple ingredients. So simple, short recipes that they can use. Um, Grocery store tours. I try to do these hawk talks, which has been, I found here culturally, it's much easier to get five minutes of people's time and talk about one thing like recovery or hydration or supplements one type of supplement and then hit that home for like five minutes instead of having a time where you have like 30 minutes or an hour so that is actually something I really learned here culturally because it's different at every place so that's actually been a way a way better opportunity to probably get a lot more education out than I would have if I would have just been like we're only doing 30 minute an hour Mm -hmm. chunks of time um And then grocery store tours, we're doing this new cooking class um, that's kind of different, I think, partnered with a restaurant, a local restaurant here. And since they have a grill and an oven and everything, they've agreed that we bring a group of student athletes in and they teach them on those how to like cook. They talk about the farmer's market. They talk about it's at uh, with Barb at her soup kitchen. She's really awesome. Um, And uh, with her husband and daughter, and they talk about like cool things like how to make lettuce last for a week. I didn't know that. that. (laughs) (laughs) How to cook a potato or a sweet potato in a bag in the microwave. I didn't know you could do that. I thought the bag would melt. Like Mm -hmm. just these really neat things, how to hold a knife properly. And then they get to have a meal and, and uh, do that. And then kind of another newer one too is feel out with the sports RD and thinking I'm changing the name, but the whole concept of that is we talk about performance plates a lot. So how to base your plate, make it look like based off the intensity of your training day. So a lot of the things I hear is, Oh, well, I'm going out to eat, so I can't eat a performance plate. So I can never do these. I'm sorry. (laughs) And then there are some of them, too, when they travel, they're just given per diem, and they're like, okay, go, go get whatever you want. And so the whole purpose of this is then we'll pick places where they might go. So we've done one at, like, Bluebird Diner, a breakfast place was the first one. And then actually on Monday night, we did one at Noodles. So I'll take a smaller group of students, and we'll go. 
I talked for about five minutes about the menu and how to pick the best performance choices from this menu. And then I'm like, let's pretend like you're going to have a competition the next day and this is how you're going to make it. These are the things hmm. to avoid and why, because this is how they'll affect your performance. And so then they have to order from the performance menu and then they get a free meal and we sit and we eat together and then you get to chat and learn more about them. And I mean, it's a free meal, but you can weave education into it instead of just holding up pictures or talking, you know, you can make it tangible. Hands-on experience. Yes. Yes. And if you involve food, that's just even better. Yes. Yeah. We do hot (laughs) eel stops too, which are like testing little recipes that they can come and try and take a recipe card. And of course it's food. So they like that a lot. Well, that's fun. Yeah. That's a lot of fun stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. We're always trying to think of new fun things. Well, it sounds like you're very creative in your education that you do for your athletes. I would have never thought of that. I always thought of myself as a not creative person, but (laughs) I'm finding out that everybody is creative in their own way. Mm -hmm. And when people say I'm not creative because I used to be that person, I'm like, you're creative. It just might not be with drawing a picture because that's not how I'm creative, (laughs) but it could be with figuring out how to do logistics or operations or how to educate or communicate with people or, you know, make a you know, make a sculpture or paint a picture mm-hmm. or whatever. Kind of whatever your so passion is. You can, whenever your passion is, you can find a way to be creative with your passion. So, exactly. yes, it's a lot easier than people think. And they're doing it already. They just don't realize they're doing it. Which is, yeah, <laughs> the big thing, too. I'm like, well, you do this and this. And they're like, oh, yeah, I guess I do. And I'm like, I had to have people point that out to me, too, because I was like, I'm not creative. I'm sorry. I can't do any of these. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah. Well, it sounds like you're bringing, like, a whole new level of excitement to the university, which is good, and to the athletes. And it sounds like you love your job. It's great. Yeah. I do love it. Yeah. It's awesome. Do you love Iowa? <laughs> yeah. I'm getting, Iowa, I'm getting used to it. I am a big city person, uh, which was funny. A lot of people are probably going to drop their jobs, but I grew up in Memphis, and I kind of thought Memphis was a small town. Population is a million. <laughs> and, um, and now you're in Iowa City. Now I'm in Iowa City. And then I lived in Chicago. So, of course, that's like 8 million. Mm-hmm. And I was actually born in L.A., in Irvine. So that's oh, wow. a huge population, too. But I was young, so I can't really, like, count that. We moved to Tennessee when I was four. <laughs> you don't remember it. Yes. But I've really enjoyed getting to come to Iowa City because of the diversity here at the university. I just was like, this is a small town. The food's not going to be great. The food is wonderful. The people are genuinely nice here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's just been really great. And then, like, I've gotten to meet a lot of dairy farmers. Like, who gets to meet dairy farmers or I farmers know. in general? Um, and just what people ask and, like... Uh, talk to you and it's I've really enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I have uh than I thought I would so it's been finding out then when you're here you get to find out all those different neat things to do or go to um which I'm doing so it's been it's been cool that's good she also told me you guys that she doesn't love the hot weather she likes a little bit of cold weather so I love the snow this last summer was lame I mean this last winter was lame it was so you came at a time where it didn't even really snow last year I know everybody was happy and they looked at me and they're like are you really from the south and I'm like I know I'm weird because everybody always wants to move back to the south and I'm like no you're like no I like the seasons I like the snow so I'll think of that when it snows for the first time yes probably be a lot earlier than you me. this year <laughs> and then you can be like well you love it so much come shovel my come show you exactly and I'll probably be like yeah you'll come out too. with your boots on and your hoodie hood it's great 
love I love clothes and fashion, and that's probably why I love the snow too. Is it <laughs> you gives could, me it's an a whole new yeah. buy a whole new wardrobe of stuff. So. That's fun. Yeah, yeah, you probably didn't have a lot of that in your closet when you moved. <laughs> no, yeah, a little bit left over from Chicago because when I went to Oklahoma, I was like, oh, I'm not sure, get yeah, this as much, yeah. but I got rid of a lot of stuff. Yeah, so then I came back and I'm like, woo. Excuse. To I go. know you can go shopping. I get new stuff. I know. <laughs> need to update that winter coat and those winter boots. So very good. Well, I'm excited to see how this year goes for you and excited to get to know more about you and all the things that you're doing with the program. And we're going to probably have to check in again a couple Absolutely. years or something and Absolutely. see what's going on. But so I have some fun questions for you. Yeah. What is your favorite food? Great question, and everybody can get ready for this. <laughs> My favorite food is French fries. French fries? Yeah, 100%. I'm a salt person. I don't have a sweet tooth really much except occasional chocolate. But, oh, I love me some kettle chips and some French fries <laughs> and a burger if you want to take it to my favorite meal, a burger and fries. So yeah. I absolutely love french fries which yeah. a lot of people are like what it's not kale I'm like <laughs> i know because you're a dietitian and you're not supposed to like french fries right exactly <laughs> so that's actually another thing that has been interesting and good because they're like oh i just thought you know you eat kale and apples all the time and i'm like i i do eat those things but um i also eat these other things that i enjoy yes so that's been really interesting because a lot of people which i was a little shocked have been like wow, I just never knew. Just like, yeah, we're not <laughs> judgmental. You're we changing the do. face of dietetics for students, which is good. <laughs> Trying. <laughs> What's your favorite drink? Hmm. Oh, this is easy now. I was going to say like water, but it's not. It's, and I had it, but I drank it all. Kombucha. Kombucha. I, know, I sound like a dietitian now. <laughs> that, is a, that is a dietitian thing. Totally sound like a dietitian now, but I just... I'm again I'm not a sweet tooth person so I've never been a big juice I probably actually now I don't know why maybe it's because I live here probably drink about a gallon of milk a week I love milk you're in Iowa dairy yeah, farmers I know everywhere. I have just <laughs> dairy council people are listening I do support um but at the farmer's market I buy you know in the store the kombucha because I think just the fizzle and it's a little tartar which mm-hmm. a lot of people don't like but they have a local kombucha place at the farmer's market and I can buy like a growler of it mm-hmm. and return it back and only have to pay $20 instead of 26 and they have all these great flavors so like jalapeno pineapple has been my favorite huh and this that's one an is interesting flavor grapefruit ginger I don't remember a carrot or something, but they have really neat flavors um, that have been really great to try. And at the farmer's market too, again, I was like not a big juice person. They have like a juice place there and they have this delicious, I just bought a whole bottle of it so I can keep trading out, but it's like this jalapeno lemonade. I really like, like a little spicy. spicy. Yeah. Yes. Oh, and it's so That great. sounds good. I would like that. Oh, it's so yummy. So kombucha is my thing and it's it's actually been an educational tool thing to use because sometimes, like, before baseball game, I'll sit in the dugout for the game, and it'll give us time to, like, chat and talk about things. And sometimes I'd bring kombucha in because I'm kind of drinking it. And mm-hmm. what's that? I've never <laughs> seen that. Or I opened it, and they're like, somebody drinking beer? Yeah, because like, it smells no. like that. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, because it smells like that. And so mm-hmm. that's a great thing. I'm like, 
this is great for your gut health like you should try it um you know it's a little bit different taste and so it was neat because people when you bring it to people like ask a lot of questions so. it's trendy right now too yes it you're, is you're a very trendy dietitian yes you know <laughs> just just trendy <laughs> what's your favorite smell mm. oh that's a good question hmm um so something I guess I've kind of been finding out with candles. Oh, this is my favorite smell. I thought I just wouldn't have answers. Um, evergreen scent for Christmas. You love that smell. I just bought on sale at the end of the Christmas season like three different <laughs> candles with that evergreen, <laughs> pine, whatever scent. And I just got done burning them all like a month ago. <laughs> we'll have that flavor in my house. I bought several cans of the Febreze like oh, Christmas sure, Everglades yeah. so I could spray it everywhere. <laughs> that is actually probably my favorite like candly mm -hmm. scent, which is funny. But um, I say I'm not a sweet person, but I found out like perfumes and other things that aren't Everglade or pine. <laughs> um, I really like sweet smelling things, which is odd. Maybe that's, I guess, how it balances out. Yeah, I'm you don't like the taste of it, but you like the smell of it. It's the smell. It's so. cal that's calorie-free, too. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> not bad. Like Jimmy John's, you know, smells are free. Yeah, smells are free. And calorie-free. <laughs> <laughs> what brings you joy in life? So, a lot of things. I, I would say... I guess it kind of ties into like what I do a little bit, but, um, and this might sound a little like dietitian-y, but one of the whole reasons why I kind of like wanted to get into the medical field or be a doctor in the first place, because I thought that was like my deal, um, just being able to, I don't like the word help, but empower people for like with nutrition, like with knowledge and kind of um, helping them grow and teach them stuff. I mean, with nutrition, this specifically, obviously for right now, but two for like later in life. Um, but I had so many great people in my life that they just happened to come into my life that were mentors and just put so much into me, like professional wise, um, learning how to communicate. Um, you know, my family obviously has been great. Um, and so I actually, I really enjoy getting to help influence. <laughs> I think I'm influencing, I don't know, more than just nutrition, but just like empower people to like be an individual and to like take opportunities um, and to grow with them. And two, to just to enjoy life. And I know this seems random, I'm bringing this up, but I love this author, but to being vulnerable sometimes, which people don't like to admit weaknesses, especially in this field, is I think you have to do that in order to really get by and really grow and continue to do that because that's one of the scariest things to do. Mm -hmm. And one of my things I've always been a little, I don't know, um, afraid about being like a female or, you know, just in our profession or like mm -hmm. not wanting to stand up and talk. And so, um, or admitting my fault because first, like if a man did or whatnot, mm -hmm. but just, I think being able to be real and encourage people to be real too. One of the feedbacks, which I found was interesting that people give me is sometimes they say I'm very real. And I just think that's beneficial because why would somebody want to listen to you if I just talk about how great my life sure, is and yeah. everything. And so, um, so I think it's, 
it's just that getting to see and in sports to like the growth that you get to see from that, you know, as individuals, as they go through college and like, you can actually see a number change or time or whatever it is. So, um, so that's been, that's been great. And my family, this sounds, I'm not a homebody person, obviously. I don't mind living close. I don't really want to live close to home, not for that reason, but because <laughs> home is in the South right now where my parents are. But it's funny. I've like reversed the older and older I get. I've, um, just, love and appreciate my parents and I have a sister she actually lives in Rhode Island so we're really spread out wow yeah yeah. um and then some family that's left in Little Rock Arkansas and then some in Jacksonville who are actually going to visit for my mom's birthday this weekend so I'm pumped to get to go to the beach fun um it's just been so great and uh supportive and my friends that I've had I'm a friend person I love friends you probably have them all over the place too yes yes we are like (laughs) New Orleans Colorado Florida Georgia, every Memphis, Tennessee, Nashville, just everywhere. You've Chicago, got places for vacation for the rest of your life. <laughs> it's great. We're going to be talking to my little sorority group of friends trying to rent a beach house for next year in Destin or something. Oh, and fun. Like, yeah. Yeah. You're like, I'm in. I'm in. Let's go. <laughs> yes. We try to do a little friends reunion. So those, those types of things. But yeah. Well, I, you have totally inspired me today. I have loved talking to get to know you, and I want to keep getting to know you, so I hope we stay in contact. But thanks for taking time today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, Anne. I really appreciate it. It's been great to get to chat with you. Um, <laughs> and this was fun. I really enjoyed this. So thanks so much, and we definitely will keep in touch. Good, good. I hope any of you that are thinking about breaking into the sports nutrition world found this podcast very helpful. Nicole is an absolute joy, and I'm so glad she's with us here in Iowa. She's very passionate about her job, and she truly cares about her athletes, which I did get to meet a few when I was down in the fueling station having a tour. I'm looking forward to more conversations with Nicole and getting to know her and her career path. I always like to remind you all to not forget about Jolly Time Popcorn, which is my favorite snack. And they have a ton of different great flavors that are healthy for you and full of fiber, which I know we all need a lot more of. Go to jollytime.com for more information and to grab some money-saving coupons. Head on over to annelizabethardy.com where you can catch up on my weekly wisdom blog that I write, where I share my current adventures with light food, some music that I'm digging at the moment, a recipe or something new that I love, My book is also available for purchase and you can find all my previous podcasts, show notes, and links to things we talked about during all my conversations. Please connect with me on social media at AnnelizabethRD on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Remember to be great always, find the joy in each day, and to start a conversation that truly matters.